Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Warning. Guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. It was two weeks ago that we played uh, the clips for you that Bill Kelly, the uh, talk show host at 900 CHML in Hamilton, Chorus Radio Station in Hamilton, had asked uh, of Justin Trudeau questions he asked the prime minister when Trudeau was in town for his town hall at McMaster University. And one of the questions had to do with the Equitas lawsuit, which had been taking place in British Columbia, and uh, in which the plaintiffs had argued that the federal government had reneged on its social contract to the men and the women in Canada's military. And uh, British Columbia Court of Appeal ruled that the case itself really had, I'm using my terminology here, no merit and uh, shouldn't continue. Well, we're going to find out possibly as early as tomorrow whether the Equitas group will appeal that particular decision. But Mr. Trudeau gave a rather lengthy answer to Bill about the caring that the federal government has for the men and the women in the military. So I was in touch with uh, our good friend, Major Mark Campbell, PPCLI officer who lost both legs in an IED attack in uh, Afghanistan. And I asked Major Campbell to listen to what the prime minister had told Bill Kelly. He listened and Major Campbell will join us at the end of this hour to explain his feelings about what the Prime Minister had to say. He was quite self-congratulatory about his liberal government's relationship with the men and the women of the military and what they had done for the military. So stick around for that. Another story that we've told you about, I, I started talking about it yesterday, we're going to get details now, is that the British government was asked in the House of Lords whether, I'm paraphrasing here, whether if Christianity were to be... Um, declared, or if Jesus Christ were to be declared the only true Son of God, could a Christian who made that declaration in Britain be facing a hate crime charge? Your first feeling would be nonsense. Well, not so fast. Not so fast. Sam Hales is the editor of Premier Christianity magazine in the UK. He joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Mr. Hales, thank you very much for the time. And as I understand it, it began with a Lord Pearson of Rannoch question in the House of Lords, the former leader of the UKIP party. What happened? Yes, that's right. Lord Pearson asked a question of the government in the House of Lords, and he said, if someone were to declare that Jesus is the only way to God or Christianity is the only true religion, could they be arrested for a hate crime or for any other offence? And the government's representative in the House of Lords actually refused to comment on the question. Uh, and Lord Pearson, who's a former UKIP leader, said that this reaction was 
unique that he's never witnessed a question being refused and answered. So he's really quite concerned that the government haven't given a straight answer to a straight question. That non-answer does not give any assurance, just want to be clear here, that non-answer from the government provides no assurance that if someone in the UK, if you, for example, in the United Kingdom were to say, uh, profess Christianity and say that Jesus Christ is the only true son of, of God, that gives, provides you no assurance that you could not be arrested for a hate crime. No, no, it doesn't. And I think that's why Lord Pearson is, is so concerned about this. Now, it should be said, this is hardly the first time a politician has not given a straight answer to a straight question. And I'm sure the politician in question may have been thinking they didn't want to get drawn into such a specific issue. But I think this does speak to the heart of why so many people are concerned about this terminology around hate crime. Because according to the current legislation, whether or not something is a hate crime seems to be very subjectively dependent on how a person feels. If I walk down a street and I hear something that I don't like, then I could go to the police and say, this is a hate crime because it's attacking my feelings, something I don't like hearing. And people are concerned that these sort of subjective feelings about hearing an opinion you don't like could trump free speech, which I'd like to think all of us would agree that would be a bad thing. And we should be, we should be campaigning for free speech. And actually, you know, in a society where you have free speech, that means your feelings might be hurt. And just because your feelings are hurt, that doesn't mean that someone else is guilty of a crime and should be locked up. You know, I, I, I'm part of this debate about freedom of speech or freedom of expression. We've talked about it a great deal on the program. But it seems to me to be absurd to suggest that if someone who is a practicing Christian says, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in Christianity— it's absurd that for that you could face a hate crime. There's, a, there's an entire yes. branch of the Christian Church, the Church of England, yes. that that was that, exactly. that originated and and has its core in the UK. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of Christians are are concerned about this. I mean, in this country over the past year or two, I can think of a number of street preachers who have been arrested. Now, I should. Um, quickly say that in the vast majority of those cases, all of the cases I'm aware of, although they've been arrested, they were later acquitted when it, you know, before it went to court, before it got any, got any more serious. But even so, even the idea that street preachers are currently, have, you know, have been arrested on the streets of Britain is something that's going to concern, I think, not just Christians, but anyone who's concerned about free speech. Mm -hmm. Because I wouldn't want to make this just a Christian issue. I think actually all of us should have the right to say what we think in terms of our religious beliefs, even if that offends someone. And I think in general in society, we need to get better at coping with difference and saying, you may believe something that I find even abhorrent, but I respect your right to that freedom of expression. And I think that's something we have to do. Yeah, that, that, I, I suppose that should be said, but I think that to be self-evident. But the question was specifically about whether someone who professed Jesus Christ to be the Son of God could face a hate crime. That was the question. When the government refuses to answer what that does is really weaken, in the minds of many, weaken the argument that freedom of expression extends to your religious belief. And that is, that is really troublesome. Have there been, you talk about street preachers being uh, arrested. Have there been any cases in the, in the UK where um, a, a priest or a minister has had to tailor a, a, a sermon or has been under investigation for a hate crime, for saying something specifically, or, or quoting from the Bible? 
I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that's quite happened just yet, but I think what we're seeing is that in general, the trend towards shutting down or at least monitoring what some Christians are saying that is a worrying trend that I think a lot of groups are keeping a very close eye on. I think Christians are campaigning quite heavily on when those cases come about. So I can tell you, for example, about the case of Mike Overt. He was a, uh, a street preacher, and he was convicted of a religiously aggravated public order offence when he was uh, preaching on the streets in Bristol. Um, and then um, uh, you know, a, n- a number of other people were arrested with him, and a couple of those people were uh, immediately acquitted. Uh, it took longer for, for him to, to really find justice in this case. So it, it's people like that. It's the street preachers on the street where people are concerned that why are these people even being arrested in the first place? I mean, fair enough, they've been acquitted later down the, down the road, but actually, um, clearly there needs to be, I think, a, a bit of better training for some police officers to think it's even appropriate yeah. to arrest someone in the first place. Um, but, you know, this, again, we go back to legislation. This is the problem with having a something on the statute that talks about hate crime, where it's the victim who gets to decide whether it's a crime or not. We mm-hmm. need, I think we need to be a bit more objective in saying whether something's a crime or not and, just, and not be so subjective on the person's felt hurt feelings. I'm not so familiar in this country with the phenomenon of the street preacher, but I, I assume that's exactly what it sounds like. Yes, yes, it is, and it should be said as well that you know plenty of Christians would say when it comes to spreading the Christian message, they would not personally be in favour of taking to the streets and basically shouting at people. I think a lot of Christians would say that that's not the way we, we kind of want to do things. But that said, there are Christians who feel like you know a way of communicating what we believe. You, you go down into the shopping centre and you set up a microphone or you use your voice and you start proclaiming Bible verses and what Christians believe. And, um, you know, like I say, these street preachers, they sometimes say things that are um, perhaps not very politically correct, um, whether it be about homosexuality or Islam. And next thing you know, the police are turning up because perhaps a gay person has walked past or, um, or a Muslim has walked past and heard something and reported it to the police. And my concern is when it's reported to the police, the police need to turn around and say, you may not like what you're hearing, you may find it offensive, mm-hmm. but unless this person has singled you out, suggested that you should be attacked in the street, and there's no crime that's been taken place here. All that's happened is you've heard something you don't like. Uh, Mr. Hills, hold on, please. I want to come back to you. Sam Hills is the editor of Premier Christianity magazine in the UK. There's also the case of two Spanish priests who were charged with hate crimes for what they'd said during a service. And I'm curious whether Britain is torn on the uh, issue of Christianity, and almost seems to be Christianity or Islam that we talk about is not Judaism, it's not um, Hinduism, it's not Sikhism, it seems to be Christianity and Islam. So is Britain torn on the issue of faith? Is there widespread public anger and frustration? Uh, We'll come back with Sam Hills from the UK in just a minute. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show at the Roy Green Show. Follow me there, and uh, emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Uh, an email from Emily Dell. So, if that statement is a hate crime, 
the belief in Christ, then in contrast, shouldn't saying there is no God be a hate crime as well? And Emily, I would suspect that would depend on whether somebody would complain to police that you had offended that individual with your belief system or non-belief system. And uh, Sam Hales, editor of Premier Christianity magazine in the UK, if that scenario were to happen, would police be investigating whether or not a hate crime had happened in that case? Uh, that's a very good question, Royce. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, all I can say is that my hope is that the, the legislation on this tightens up and we stop from going, we stop from being in a position where a victim is allowed to declare hate crime with, frankly, no real evidence. Um, as to any objective wrongdoing, and instead we tie up the law. Because I, I do think that, that Lord Pearson has a point when he raises this issue in Parliament, and I am concerned that the government failed to give him a straight answer. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk, talk to us, please, about the two Spanish priests, if I'm sure you're aware of the story, charged with hate crimes for what they'd said during a service. I'm actually not familiar with the details of, of that, Roy. I'm sorry. I'm okay. uh, you know, somewhat... Uh, constrained by geography in that sense. I hold my hands up and say I'm only really aware of what's happening in the All right, so let me ask you this then. Is Britain torn on the question of religion? Is Britain torn on the question of Christianity and Islam? We we see reports on the news which seem to suggest to us that that might be the case, but you're there. Is it a, is it a major issue? Is it something that divides Brits? Well, I think we've got to be honest about this. And, and part of the problem with the conversation around Islam is I think there's a lack of honesty on both sides. So what happens in the, in the mainstream often is you have two equal and opposite errors. The error on one side is to basically paint Islam as such a huge problem that every, and suggest that every Muslim in the UK is extremist and has terrorist links. Now, that's clearly false. But there's also another error which says that, oh, this, is, this isn't a problem, we should welcome as many Muslims into this country as we, as we can fit, it's not going to affect our society, it doesn't matter if they bring a different culture or a different set of beliefs, who cares, let's, let's just aim for as much multiculturalism as possible. And I actually think both, both of those points of view are wrong, and I, I would want to urge people away from either extreme. And from a Christian point of view, I would say um, you need to be honest as well and say that Muslims want Christians to become Muslims, and Christians want Muslims to become Christians. What I mean by that is that both of these religions believe something about God, and these religions are very different and distinct. And so there is going to be a clash on a theological level, because we believe two very different things, and importantly, we both believe it matters. We believe that what you think about God could affect your eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. So on a theological level, there's some serious differences. Yeah. This conversation pr- could probably have been avoided, had the representative of the government in the House of Lords simply answered the question the way I, I suppose Lord Pearson expected or wanted it to be answered, and that is, no, you cannot be uh, charged with a hate crime if you if you speak as a Christian and declare yourself to be Christian, but that did not happen, and what it does is it, it just continues the dialogue, and it doesn't always broaden. Sometimes it becomes more and more narrow. Yes, exactly. And we've got to guard against that you know, narrowism that, that, that can happen. I think instead uh, we need to have a, a broader and a more honest and open conversation. And, yeah. you know, in our country, we are becoming more and more secular. More and more people are saying they don't believe in God. And my concern is as that happens, people will want to diminish religion as something that's not important, that should be left to its own areas. And actually, you know, as you mentioned, here in the UK, we have a very strong tradition of having bishops in the House of Lords. We have 
religious figures at the heart of our parliament. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's really important because that, that's our country saying we, we believe that there should be a moral basis to our lawmaking. Um, and I think even if you're an atheist, even if you're somebody who wouldn't call themselves a Christian, you can understand that Christianity historically, although it, of course it's a mixed picture like any other religion, for the UK it has brought a huge amount of good in the sense that our moral um, foundations, the, the, the laws that have made this country historically have come from a Christian worldview. And so even if you're not a Christian yourself, I think there should be some understanding of the history yeah. in acknowledging that Christianity has done a lot for uh, Yeah, but my my listeners know this. My listeners know this, Mr. Hales. I started out as a little guy in England. I lived in England until I was 10, and I attended uh, a Roman Catholic school, and on Wednesday mornings, I would go to the church with every other little kid, six-year-old, and attend the service. And then they found out that I was Church of England, and they ordered me out of the church and told me I was no longer allowed into the church, that I would have to wait on on the playground for my schoolmates to come out of uh, come out of the church, and then I could mingle with the kids again. And I I remember to this day being so deeply disappointed. And uh, now here we are arguing, or at least we're talking about what happened in the House of Lords. Also, when I was a little guy, we had to wear ties. You would know that. Maybe don't. Uh, you're younger than me. But we had to wear ties and shirts when we were six years old, and I hated the tie. And I remember, yeah. I remember the teacher saying. Master Roy, where's your tie? And I said, it's in me pocket. Anyway, Sam, thank you for the time. Great talking to you. Thank you. Great to talk to you. All the best. Sam Hills, the editor of Premier Christian Magazine and the commentator on Premier Christian Radio in the UK. 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. Does it concern you? We should talk about these things. We do. Some others don't. Does it concern you that when it's directly asked of the government by a representative of the House of Lords, a member of the House of Lords, a member of the British Parliament, could be anywhere, but asked, could I be convicted of a hate crime if I profess to be Christian? And the answer that comes back is, well, well, and they don't answer it. That concerns me, not just for Christians, but for anybody who has strong religious beliefs. Because if it can backfire on Christians, it can backfire on anybody, any major religion. 1-800-263-2428. You could face a hate crime for professing your religious beliefs in the UK. Could you in this country? I don't know. Does it trouble you? 800-263-2428.